and welcome to Hick at Night. Who else than Ryan Hickey here with you on this Saturday morning? Appreciate you making us a part of your weekend right here in CBS Sports Radio. Thank you very much. Okay, we got a big weekend in college football, a big weekend in the NFL. And frankly, selfishly, I need a big turnaround weekend here. My picks have stunk. I was awful last year. I vowed to be better this year. I got off to a, I mean, for me, a decent start sitting uh, sitting the year in Hickey's Pickies at three and two. And it has been an absolute downfall since one and four, one, three and one, two and three last week. I have not had a winning week since week one. It has been rough. It has been ugly. So we are looking to change that here. The big turnaround in week number five. Even a blind squirrel, right? Finds it out once in a while. Hopefully that's me this weekend. It is time for the week five edition of Hickey's Pickies. Time for Hickey's Pickies. Pick me, pick me. The only segment where you, the caller, compete against the rest of the country. Ladies and gentlemen, the pick is in. Get the picks right, and you hold national bragging rights. That's right. Who do you think you are? If you're wrong, you lose. So you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. It's time for Hickey's Pickies, only on CBS Sports Radio. The yearly standings so far. John in Chicago leading the way for Hickey's Pickies, 3-1-1. Chris in Maryland is 3-2. Aaron in Colorado Springs is two and three. And last week, it was a rough one for my guy, Mike. Mike in Miami, one and four. Not great. Yours truly on the year, seven, 12, and one. Ugly. Ugly. All right. We go to Ryan Botcher, who is competing this week on Hickey's Pickies. Ryan squared. I like the fact that maybe that could turn some luck around this week, Ryan. Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully he's right. I'm not a gambling man. But Neither I am I. Sometimes I'm right. Oh. Not normally. Maybe this feels like the week where we do play the picks. And just mm. say, you know what? Let's just see if we can get crazy. Let's see if we can get cents. wild. 50 cents. Hey, look. Five-team parlay. Small money. Big profit. I like that. Ryan squared, two guys that don't gamble a lot, two guys that don't maybe get a lot of picks right. Crazy things happen, right? Crazy things mm-hmm. do happen. I finally got my first upset right last week. What did we get? What Tampa we Bay. Let's go. Buccaneers. Never doubt Baker Mayfield. Except I, when he loses. I'm with you. Okay. This week, I'm I'm really liking Houston plus one and a half over the Falcons. I uh, don't like Desmond Ritter at all. I was watching Toy Story. Game you sucked. It ruined my entire. You morning. watched that? I did not get a chance to watch it. Was it any? I know you're not exactly the target audience, but was it any good? It was okay. It was good for children. You didn't even see. It was. It was behind like 30 seconds from the ESPN Plus stream. Okay. So it was even like it was like a minute and a half behind. So it wasn't even in time. So you see the fantasy notifications before everything, and then some plays there was like glitches, so you couldn't actually see what happened. So is it Toy Story characters acting out the game? So it was it was 
like figurines, like you know, like the army soldiers, right? But they're in like football pads and stuff. Okay. And they were like using mocap with like a chip in their pads. Okay. And they do it, but like the the, the yard marker was slinky. They had the, okay. the claw drop the spot the football, stuff like that. So they were mimicking the game action. Like, yes. was the game it like was, was it a split screen or was it just the full like was the it game was in of real the left time. and the? It was like you were watching like an animated football game. Okay. With like live action, like running, sprinting, passing, everything. Okay, so they were acting it out. There was actually no game, real game feed though on the TV. It was just no. like the characters. It was all acting the characters, and then you okay. had, had uh, that the commentaries were animated too. Okay. Okay. Like I said, we're not the target audience, um, but hey, if kids like it. Toy Story, all all the power to them. All right, Ryan. So you have five games here. We picked the five best games of the weekend. Let me ask you this. Dealer's choice here. Would you want to start with college football or the NFL first? NFL. I know that one better. Okay. Let's start then. We just talked about London uh, last week. Let's start the London game this week. Jaguars, Bills. Home game for the Bills, but again, in London, uh, Jacksonville, second home. Bills right now are five and a half point favorites. Von Miller, let it be known that he's basically 94.5% likely to play. Are you taking the Bills minus five and a half or the Jags? Give me the Bills. Minus Bills. five and a half. I think they get okay. a late touchdown. I'm going to go to the well here. I'm going to take the Jags. I'm going to take the Jags. I think they continue to play well in London. They've been over there for now a week, which I think is more of a benefit to them than it is a hindrance being away from home so long. Um, and the Bills coming off an emotional win. I think there is a little bit of a letdown uh, this week. So I think the Jags, I think the Jags went outright, but I think they definitely do cover the five and a half point spread. All right, we talked a lot of the show about it so far. Big one on Sunday night here. Cowboys at the 49ers. 49ers laying right now four points. Rye guy, who we got? Give me the Cowboys. Wow. Yeah, plus four. Are they winning outright or are just going to keep it close? Keep it close. Okay. Keep it close. You're taking Dallas plus the four. I'll take the 49ers. I We had um, Travis and Dallas call early in the show as a Cowboys fan saying he doesn't really see how this game is close. I tend to agree with him. I don't think this is going to be a game where I don't think the 49ers are putting out 41 points, but it's one of those where it's like 28 to 10, 27, 13, and it's really never in doubt where you never actually feel like Dallas is in the game, even if, you know, mathematically they're only two scores down, so you're not really that out of it. Uh, but this, to me, is going to feel like a, a game where the 49ers have in control for the most part. They do win. They cover the four points at home. Okay, we got three good college football games here, Ryan. Let's start with the one kicking off in just about eight hours from now at the Dallas State, or I guess the Texas State Fair. Number 12, Oklahoma. Number three, Texas. Texas, five-point favorites. I'll go first here. I'm taking the Sooners. I think the Sooners went out right. I like the way Oklahoma's defense is playing. Dylan Gabriel is really good at quarterback and now is back and healthy so far for OU. I think the Sooners in, in this game, in this rivalry, that has been wacky. That usually does see a lot of upsets go down. I think we see another one here. At least a final rendition of them with both being in the Big 12. Oklahoma, plus five. They win outright. Who you got? Texas. Texas, hook them. Yep. I just don't see... I don't know. I like Quinn Ewers. I like Good it. Good D-ball. You believe... Do you believe in his new haircut has led him to be a new man? Last year, he had a mullet and a long beard. Did not play well. This year's more clean cut, no beard. Are you a uh, you know, believer in 
maybe changing the appearance now has, has led to a change in play. Maybe just mullets in general suck. And he realized that. Hmm. I don't know about that one. I kind of like a mullet. Mm. I wouldn't like it for myself. It looks dirty. You can get a clean mullet, though. I think there's such thing as a clean mullet. No. No? I feel like everyone who has it just gives off vibes that they would smell. So <sighs> that's, that's why. What I'm about looking. a mullet with racing stripes on the side? Does that change your like, opinion at all? Like painted or like? No, no, no. Like, like buzzed like the, in the, the side. Like, like you know, the like three the lines? Two, yeah, the two, the two or three lines. That's even worse. Buzzed in. Even worse. That gives off, not to disrespect NASCAR, just gives off really, really bad NASCAR vibes. Wow. Okay. See, I I would half agree in the sense that I, I'm i a mullet fan. I do think the shaving of the mullet for Quinn Ewers has made him a better quarterback. I'm a big believer, looking good, playing good. I don't think you can look. What's the opposite of swag? Like, I was going to say unswag. I'm like, there has to be some sort of... You can't look narpy. That's a good word. Narp. Non-athletic regular person. I don't think it's a regional term. I think it's pretty well known, but just in case it is a regional term and that's more of a northeast coming out of me. Narp. Non-athletic regular person. You can't look like a narp and play well. You just can't do it. Credit to Quentin Ewers. Looks clean. And now all of a sudden, I don't think it's a coincidence. Now he's one of the best quarterbacks so far in college football. You're taking Texas. I'm taking Oklahoma. Have you ever seen, by the way, the food at the Texas State Fair? Fried, like basically fried at anything. Did, don't they fry like, so we have the Oreos, the basic stuff, right? right? That's don't everywhere. They fry like fried chicken, like they, they double fry things. Fried corn dogs, like yeah. literally anything you could throw in a fryer, they do. Are you into, are you into the fried stuff? No, I get fried absolutely burger. sick. So you're not a Texas State Fair guy? It ruins my night if I have anything fried, like really heavily. Even fried Oreos? Yeah. It's not good. What are like chicken fingers? Like that's fried. Chicken fingers I can deal with. But oh. if it's like super greasy, like if it's like dripped in oil, like Popeyes ruins me. Jeez. My apologies. I mean, life is made in grease, isn't it? Like that's grease and sugar. Butter me up. Wow. Okay. Ryan Botcher, not a not a grease guy, not a Texas State Fair guy. That is for sure. All right. Big game we talked about a lot so far during the show. Number 20, Kentucky, visiting the top team in the country. That is Georgia. Georgia, 14 and a half point favorites. Where are you going? Kentucky will cover, but lose. Okay. Cover, but lose. We have our first agreement here. I'm also taking uh, Kentucky. I'm saying Kentucky outright, but I will take the 14 and a half points uh, in that one. The Wildcats go in there, run the ball, upset the dogs. And maybe... You have some stones like Kentucky fans bark back at Georgia fans. You know that? You ever seen Georgia fans? They bark That's at weird. like opposing fans. Oh, I actually did see this. They act like dogs. A, like, drunk, a drunk kid in like overalls crawling around on all fours. I saw that. It's very yeah, weird. All, they get down on the ground and bark. It's crazy. Another weird thing. I went to when Penn State played Auburn last year at Auburn. Me and my friends were down. So we were talking to Auburn folks for like the first time getting the sec culture feel and that's what they said it's like it, it you truly can't believe it but then you see the videos and it's like oh, that makes sense they let's just say georgia not the most loved fan base so not exactly the the stadium the away game that you're circling and say oh i can't wait to go to athens i can only get barked at for three hours but kentucky fans you have a chance if if i'm right here rolls reverse you start i don't know what wildcats do against roar and that's no nah, i guess maybe not the meow. best thing they meow, meow. Meow at him. There you go. 
That could work. That's, I think that's worse than barking. Yeah, you're right. That's not, you know. After you win, after you beat the number one team in the country, Go. meow. To walk by, right, Georgia fans are ejected, going, meow, meow. I don't, I don't, I'm, actually, maybe in a way it's more humiliating. Like, if you're Georgia, you're, you're tough, you're, you're barking, like, ooh, ooh, hold me back. And then all of a sudden you have fans, meow, meow, meowing at you. After they beat you, it's almost like, honestly, I think, like, even worse. It's like a kitten. It's like reverse psychology almost. Like, you're so soft, you lost this kitten that right now is purring at you. I think you would look more insane, though, as a Kentucky fan. <laughs> you know? I, if you beat the number one team in the country, I think all bets are off. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. For, like, a... 12-hour time period. No, you get more than 12 hours. It's a judgment-free zone. Like, right in the app. But, like, look, Sunday Sunday night, Monday morning, I think is when, okay, like, look, not that you can't be happy, not that you can't celebrate. That's where I think there is, like, some boundaries, though, of just, like, that's eh, a little weird. Don't meow. Don't meow. Like, that's where, again, you meow at 11 p.m. Eastern after the win in Athens. Different story. Monday morning, maybe just go back to some normal trash talk. Yeah. You know, that's, I think, I think some things are off limits after like, after the heat of the moment does settle down. All right. So our first agreement, you're on Kentucky. I'm on Kentucky to at least bare minimum cover 14 and a half point spread down there between the hedges. Finally, Notre Dame playing their third straight ranked opponent, second straight ranked opponent on the road. They are 10th in the country. They are laying six and a half points at number 25, Louisville. I'll go first, Ryan. I'm taking Notre Dame. I'm a little worried that the fact that they're playing now another emotionally charged game where it's it's tough for three straight weeks to kind of get up for big games. Um, but I think they are a very physical brand of, of you know style of offense. They're going to run the ball down Louisville's throat. Louisville's going to try to pass the ball and make it more of a track meet. I don't think Notre Dame's going to allow them to do it. I think it'll be a physical game. Notre Dame will just bully them, out-tough them, and win that game. And I think it's still Papa John's Stadium, but I'm not, you know, Papa getting in trouble. I'm not sure exactly if it's still the premier sponsor of Louisville Athletics. Imagine Papa John's Stadium. Let me look that up here. Yeah, but I don't want to give him, you know. Yeah, I don't see Louisville. I don't. I don't see it with Louisville. Notre Dame, I feel like should cover easily. Okay. Oh, easily. Yeah, easily. I don't see it. You know what? You're right. It's. Uh, is it now? It is now L&N Federal Credit Union Stadium. I mean, come on. Can we stop with the credit? The credit. L&N Federal Credit Union Stadium. There's too many credit companies with stadiums. I mean, look. Papa John's is bad pizza and Papa's an idiot. So it's not like, you know, I feel bad for him. At least the only thing is, at least it's easy to say. Like, who is saying, oh, I can't wait to go see Notre Dame play at... L&N Federal Credit Union Stadium. Sometimes these companies just do... The, I get it's their name. You do themselves more harm than good. Isn't no Michigan State that. basketball... This is a side note. Aren't they still like Michigan State Spartans sponsored by State Farm or something like that? Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage. And it may be presented by, which I think is even funny. Either way, it's terrible. They, you cannot say Michigan State without saying Michigan State Spartans basketball. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. That's... It's funny. It is. Listen, we've seen team uh, companies will sponsor anything. Anything with a logo and a team, they will absolutely sponsor it. So a big one. Under the lights. L&N Federal Credit Union Stadium. You know what they say? 
LNN Federal Credit Union Stadium. Not a place you want to see an undefeated Louisville team at home. Hostile. Louis and Noter Stadium. I don't know. Yeah, that works. That could work for this for this week. That's for sure. But you're on the Irish plus or yes. minus six and a half. I'm sorry. Yep. All right. So the picks are in. Ryan and I both on Notre Dame minus six and a half. Both on Kentucky plus 14 and a half at Georgia. You are taking Texas minus five. I'm taking OU. You're on the Cowboys plus four. I'm on the 49ers. You're on the Bills minus five and a half. I am on the Jacks. One of us will have a winning week. So there we go. That, that's something. That is something. That is Hickey's Pickies week number five right here on Hickey Night CBS Sports Radio. Okay. When we return here, something new I want to test out. NFL coaches, to put it nicely, are dumb sometimes. They overcomplicate things, they get in their head, and they make the easy decision difficult. And there is someone I know very well, I call him common sense coach, that has something to say about it. I want to hear the reaction from common sense coach on a few of these coaching decisions made, including Ron Rivera last night decided to make a two-possession game still a two-possession game by kicking a field goal uh, late in that game in that effort to make a comeback. We will hear from a very frustrated man and discuss if NFL coaches are, in fact, overcomplicating their job. It's Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. This is Hick at Night. Here's Ryan Hickey. All right. Ryan Hickey here with you. I watch a lot of football. You have watched a lot of football. One thing I am sick and tired of is watching coaches try to make it seem like they are smarter than us. Try to make these stupid decisions and then explain it like we are dumb and don't know what we're watching and what we're doing. And I have, you know what, I've had enough. Been a plenty of coaching decisions this just past week alone that would tell you anyone with a brain, anyone with a little football sense would tell you, what are you doing? That's not the right thing to do. Do the opposite. Why are you outsmarting yourself? So I figured it's time to call on an old friend. Not really old, but we didn't really know him because he's making his debut here on CBS Sports Radio. But I got to call someone here because there are a few coaching decisions this past week that make no sense whatsoever that if one little ounce of common sense was applied, it would be okay. Things and the outcome would be different. So I think it's time to call on a friend, common sense coach. Coach, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ryan. Really, uh, Really do appreciate you having me on here. Now, Coach, you sound like someone who's been gruff, who's been through the ringer. That's right. Coach for 50 years, high school, college, pros. I've seen it all. I've seen it all. All right. I want to ask you a few then decisions, common sense, Coach. And you tell me, is that the right coaching decision? Or would a little logic, a little common sense have changed and turned things uh, differently? Let's start last night. Or I guess now technically... Two nights ago, Thursday Night Football, Ron Rivera made a very questionable decision. The Commanders are down late. They're down 16 points in the third quarter. They are facing a fourth down and two 
at the Bears' 13-yard line. I would say, from my perspective, as just a radio host, common sense says, fourth and two, Bears' 13-yard line, down by 16 points, two touchdowns, two two-point conversions, you go for the touchdown. You go for it on fourth and two because you are trying to score a touchdown. What did Ron Rivera do? He kicked a field goal. Ron Rivera down two touchdowns said, let me kick a field goal so that when the field goal is good, I am still down by two touchdowns. So let me ask you, common sense coach, Ron Rivera kicking a field goal down 16 points. Right decision, wrong decision. Let me tell you, Ron, wrong decision. Absolute wrong decision. Common sense coach says, you go forward on fourth down. Ron Rivera, let me talk to you really fast. You were called, Ron, Riverboat Ron, because you like to risk it. No risk it, no biscuit. You know what I'm calling you now? Reluctant, Ron. Because, Ron, you are too conservative. You go for it last week, you score a touchdown, and you kick an extra point in Philly with a two-point conversion would have won you the game. Ron, why? Why call you Riverboat when you are conservative? Especially with that defense of yours. The slogan for the commanders, take command. You know what that defense is doing to your fan base? It is forcing your fan base to take command of their life. Because the fact that they are paying to watch that garbage every week, they got to reassess their life choices. Ron, I'm bringing you to Marty Bird. I'm bringing you down to the Ozarks. Because that's a guy who loves and knows a little thing about riverboat gambling. You have lost the riverboat. We need to find it. Common sense coach says, you go for it. Ron, you failed. Okay. So common sense says, you go for it. Down 16. Fourth and two in the third quarter. In deep in Bears end, you go for it. But Ron Rivera said, hey, look, anytime you get a chance to cut a two-touchdown lead down to a two-touchdown lead, damn it, you got to take it. You got to take it. Stupid. Absolutely stupid. Okay. Number two. Common sense coach, I want to get your thoughts on this. Von Miller, nearing his return to back to NFL action. He has yet, or he has not played, I should say, in an NFL game since, unfortunately, when he tore his ACL back on Thanksgiving last year. Von Miller, I want to play this for you, Common Sense Coach, to have you hear it. Von Miller met with the media across the pond in London. Terrible British accent, my apologies. Um, And he was asked, basically, what are the chances, Von, that you will be suited up and playing on Sunday's game against the Jaguars? I think it's uh, I think it's like 94.5%. <laughs> Common sense coach, I ask you, if you were head coach of the Bills, would you play Von Miller? 34 years old. Who has yet to return and see game action since Thanksgiving. Would you play him on London turf in a game against the Jaguars for his first game back. No way. No way, Ryan. 
I would not. I would not play. Look, Von, son, come here. Come here. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to you about this. Look, I know you want to show these Brits what real, what real football is about. They call football over there. That's just a sissy's game. They kick the ball and flop around. I know you want to show them what real football, what men actually look like. Here's the thing, though. I can't trust these footballers to actually know what good turf is. You know, Vaughn, they play on grass. I wish we could play on grass. They got turf over there. Do I trust Roger Goodell to put the right turf to make that knee of yours fully good to go? Absolutely not. I can't, Vaughn, in good conscience, bring you back on foreign soil. We need you to take a load off, enjoy some fish and chips. And you know what? Next week, Sunday night football, that's when we'll bring it back on the big stage, on the real stage. These Brits, these footballers, we can risk it. Common sense coach says you don't play Von Miller on foreign soil on that London turf. I would agree with him. You just don't. He's 34 years old. Look, the turf, they don't. The stadium that's using the turf is barely used, right? The, soccer, they play on grass. I have no idea what kind of shape that turf is in. Why would I want to risk it with a 34 year old coming off an ACL tear? I am saving Vaughn for at least I know the field conditions at my team's stadium are more controlled and better. I just don't see the risk. Oh, I don't see, I should say the reward. For me, it's too risky to bring Von Miller back across the pond in London than it would be um, bringing him back for a London game. And just, again, for me, I think only thing that can happen is, is bad things. Okay. Another thing where common sense coach says don't do it and we seemingly Sean, Sean McDermott of the Bills is going to let Von Miller play. Finally. Oh, boy. I, common sense coach, I feel like this is your arch nemesis here. Brandon Staley, two weeks in a row, has flirted with disaster. Two weeks ago in Minnesota, fourth down and one, two minutes left in the game, at his own 24-yard line, up by four points, decides to go for it. Doesn't get it, gets bailed out. His team gets an interception in the end zone to seal the win over the Vikings. You would think, well, I got lucky there. Let me learn my lesson and maybe not go for it again deep in my own end late in the game. What does Brandon Staley do a week later at home, fourth and one, up by a touchdown, 334 left this time. He's at his own 34-yard line. He goes for it. Guess what? For the second week in a row on a fourth and one deep in his own end, late in the game, doesn't get it. Brandon Staley, two weeks in a row, fails that decision. Two weeks in a row, gets bailed out by his defense after Asante Samuel Jr. picks off a pass at the goal line. Brandon Staley, I want to play his exp uh, explanation as to why he decided to go for it again, deep in his own end, and where he got bailed up by his defense again to barely get the win. Yeah, it was just less than a yard um, in that range where we just felt like we had the right play, felt like, you know, we would really force him to, you know, they had a timeout in the two-minute, but it would really put us in good position to finish the game um, and put him in a really tough situation. We felt like our defense was playing at a high level. And, um, you know, we didn't get the job done. Um, 
but I'm really proud of our defense, the way it played the whole game, but certainly in that circumstance, two weeks in a row. Common sense, Coach, let me ask you this. You buying Brandon Staley's explanation? Do you like his decision to go for it fourth down in your own end up by either a touchdown or less both times in the game? No way, Ryan. Brandon, come here. Brandon, Brandon, come here. Son, do you like coaching? Do you like being a football coach? Because let me tell you, son, watching you coach these games, I think you're trying to get fired. You coach football like you don't want to be there. Let me tell you, son, you reference these analytics and these numbers. Back in my day, you know what we didn't need? We didn't need geeks telling us what to do. We were the men on the sideline, making decisions. We didn't need nerds crunching numbers, telling us, well, coach, if you go forward here on fourth down and one, we have a 61% chance of winning the game. You know what I did? I trusted my big fat gut. And you know what, Brandon? That won me a lot of games. Games are won on the field. Games are not won on a spreadsheet. So you know what, Brandon? You know what I tell you, son? If you want to continue being a head football coach in this league, punt the football, son. Punt the football. Don't get lucky. Don't need luck, lady luck on your side. She's helped you out. Punt the football. Don't be stupid. Common sense coach there invoked a little southern accent. I think that was maybe from his days coaching South Carolina. And a little bit with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. But common sense, coach is right. Punt the ball. What are we doing? Two weeks in a row inside your own 40-yard line, up by four points one week, up by seven points the next. You go for it deep in your own end, and you give the other team, basically on a silver platter, a free chance to either take the lead and win the game. Or tie the game and go to overtime? Brandon Staley, man, like, maybe he's just the luckiest man in the world. Maybe. But he, I'm telling you, flirts with danger more times than not. And he has gotten lucky two weeks in a row. That luck is running out. So, common sense, coach, thank you for stopping by. Thank you for bringing again the perspective of just sometimes kiss is better. Keep it simple, stupid. Ron Rivera, get back to your riverboat ways. Brandon Staley, punt the ball. And Von Miller, well, really, Sean McDermott, don't be stupid. Don't bring Von Miller back off an ACL injury playing in London on the turf that is not great. Be smarter than that. All right. Thank you, Common Sense Coach. We'll see if you pop up again next week, which... Probably will, because guess what? A lot of stupid decisions being made around the NFL. When we return, take a night. Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. The rivalry game, it still have some juice. Sean Payton spouted off and called out Nathaniel Hackett. We finally see on Sunday these two teams meet. 
Who's more pressure on him to win that game? Is it Nathaniel Hackett and the Jets? Or is it Sean McDermott and the Broncos? We'll get to that when we do return. But before that, here's the latest CBS Sports Road Update is Emmanuel Barbari. It's Hick at Night with Ryan Hickey. Jump bump, jump up, and get down. All right. Ryan Hickey with you here on CBS Sports Radio. A lot of coaches here. Some making boneheaded decisions. Some saying, frankly, boneheaded things and not being able to back it up. Sean Payton, <clears throat> come on down. It's finally here. Sean Payton a month ago, or I guess now two months ago, called out Nathaniel Hackett. Called it one of the worst head coaching jobs he ever saw about Hackett's job, uh, coaching job last year with the Broncos. And now we finally have the grudge match. Jets, Broncos, Sunday, mile high. Sunday is a no-win spot, though, for Sean Payton. Doesn't matter what happens, I don't think he's going to get a lot of credit. Because either he beats the Jets, and you beat the Jets with a backup quarterback and Zach Wilson, who has stunk for all but two quarters, really, of his career. Or you lose to the Jets, and you are the biggest laughing stock in the NFL. You get no credit if they win. All the, the jeers and laughs if you lose. It is a really impossible spot for Sean Payton to be that he did himself. And that's why I think this weekend, big games, right? We talk about the Cowboys and the 49ers, Jaguars, Bills, and London's a really good run, uh, good run as well, especially the Jaguars coming out of the gates a little bit slower than people thought. There is no, though, coach, I think, that needs a win more, under more pressure to win this week than Sean Payton because of his comments, because of the fact that Aaron Rodgers is not there. So, again, it's not just one thing if you lose to Nathaniel Hackett as he's coaching Aaron Rodgers. It's a totally different and separate thing now if you are losing to Aaron Rodgers, uh, if you're losing to the Jets and Nathaniel Hackett with Zach Wilson at quarterback. You can't do it. You absolutely cannot do it. And again, you don't get the credit for talking your talk and then backing it up by beating the Jets on Sunday because, again, it's Zach Wilson, a quarterback. So it's not a real ideal spot for Payton to be in, but he still needs to win. And he still has a lot of pressure to win because, again, the downfall if you lose is way, way worse than any coach right now on Sunday. The sad part is his comments in a way have overshadowed some positivity with Denver. Their offense is a lot better. He has at least fulfilled so far an early promise of turning Russell Wilson around. Russ right now is on pace to double his touchdown passes from from last year to this year. He's on pace to surpass by a wide margin his passing yards his completion percentage, and his QB rating while also cutting down dramatically his interceptions. Everything on the Russell Wilson front is trending in the right direction. But because of the record, 1-3, and because of the defense, that's been horrendous, and Peyton deserves blame for that because he hired Vance Joseph, and he's taken this, what was a really good defense, just put it in the tubes. Put in the crapper. He does not get a lot of praise so far because of how the defense has looked, 
and how he has ran his mouth earlier in the year and so far has not backed it up in the win column. There's no coach that needs a win more than Sean Payton because the downside to losing, if you're Payton on Sunday to a guy you called out as doing one of the worst coaching jobs you've ever seen, you lose to him, you thought it was bad now. You thought it was bad losing to the Raiders week one. You thought it was bad watching the Dolphins put up 70 points on you. You haven't seen anything yet. If the Broncos lose at home to the Jets on Sunday, I can tell you that right now. Speaking of coaching debacles, an 855-212-4227. Brandon Staley has been an absolute joke. We talk about it with Lee in San Diego. Hello, Lee. Hey, Ryan. Hey, that topic, it really uh, stirred me up, man. Because Brandon Staley is the, the reason. This team... Goes down to the last minute every game. They could be 0 and 4. They could be 4 and 0. But this guy makes so, such stupid decisions in the fourth quarter. I, every I week. Get it. <laughs> and he's stubborn too, Lee, where he doesn't, it's either pride or thick headedness that he does not realize what he's doing is hurting the team. And again, you can look at the last two weeks' decisions of going forward in your own end. Well, we won the game. I'm sure is what he's saying. And, oh, we're just going to trust in our defense. The defense stinks. You know that. You've seen them. And they're also, too, without, like, Joey Bosa did not play. Derwin James did not play last week against the Raiders. Even though you're not going against Jimmy G, you're missing your best pass rusher and your best secondary defender. That's not the time or place to go for it on your own 34-yard line. I, I don't what? get it. But he's just, like, I, he committed to, like, committed to this aggressive brand. And it's like he's going to live by it and die by it, even if it leads to him being fired sooner than it should. Yeah, he's the problem with this team, I think. Uh, And injuries always plague this team. I I don't know what it is. Every year we have key players out. It's, I mean, I think they're very talented. They could, like I said, they they could be 0-4. They could be 4-0. But uh, definitely Brandon Staley is a problem, and I agree with you there, man. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making it, Lee. It's, yeah, I mean, he's going to get fired, and again, he's doing it for himself. I just don't know why he's so dead set on on making these stupid, overly aggressive decisions, seeing how lucky he's gotten, getting two interceptions in the end zone in back-to-back weeks in the closing minutes to win the game and think that's sustainable. It is absolutely not. Speaking of another coach that, I mean, we talk about over-aggressiveness with the Brandon Steele. I think we also see over-conservativeness two weeks in a row from Ron Rivera. Chris of Maryland, friend of the show, with some thoughts now. What's up, Chris? Hey, there, big guy, man. I really like his show. Um, all right, I guess you want to start. What were you? What was the thing you were talking about, though, before you were um... – what the hell? I don't know. But anyway, no. Ron Rivera, when he when that thirteen yard or thirteen yard line fourth into what uh, was that before or after Joey Sly missed the forty six yarder? I think it was before. Exactly. I believe. So anyway, the forty six yarder was the backbreaker because that I think analytics say that was the right move um, because right um, that was also different. That was like fourth and ten, something like that. Like it was like the fourth down was not as deep in in. Um, in the Bears' territory, and the fourth down was also a lot less manageable. 
Yeah, and then they would have had, like you said, down 16, two, basically four touchdowns, two extra points. So they said that. That's what I heard. That I believe that, that the field goal there, because the pressure was coming. We had the momentum. The Bears had just lost to the Broncos the week before because they ran out of gas in the second half. We were rolling. But that missed field goal there, I think they might have folded a little bit. But I'm not here to argue with that. I don't give a crap about that. Where he messed up was before halftime when the Bears had it near the goal line, and he didn't call a couple timeouts there because – and left three seconds. He took him into the uh, locker room. That was stupid. Um, I heard about the Cowboys, San Francisco. I like Cowboys plus the four. Well, I missed your other Hickey's pickies. I hope you repeat them. And what do you think of Maryland, Ohio State? I a lot there, Chris. We get, do got to run end of the hour, so I'll just say really fast. I do not buy Maryland whatsoever in this game. Maryland every year, I feel like it's off to a good start, and then once they play their first big opponent, get exposed. I like Ohio State. I like Ohio State big on Saturday. Um, as well, we will repeat the picks here in a little bit on the show as well, including focusing on one of Hickey's pickies, Georgia, Kentucky. I think Kentucky is upsetting Georgia on Saturday. If I'm right, does that mean Georgia is eliminated from the college football playoff? I think so. I'll explain why next. It's Ryan Hickey with you right here, CBS Sports Radio.